I'm Kamaya Truett-Martin, and this is the WUNC Youth Podcast. Each time we explore the question, what is news? We're joined by G. Yamazawa. He's a poet-turned-rapper from Durham, North Carolina. This song, North Cack, has been blowing up this summer. One of my punchlines are where you're Vicodin' off. I know I'm frightening y'all long as a mic is involved. Relocated to Cali, but I ain't liking the smog. I'm a southern north star, I be the light in the dark. Be the right and the wrong, I be the reason the bull city feeds me. Bull city grieves me, bull city needs me. Everywhere I go, I got that bull city greeting. That's why they throw the horns when the bull city sees me. It's the North Cack, baby, I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. G was one of my mentors in a slam poetry group called Sacrificial Poets. G, it's great to talk to you. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. So what's it been like to have a hit song? I mean, it's really, really happening. <laughs> uh, it's been really cool. It's been overwhelming in some ways. It's been really validating in other ways. It's been, um, um, yeah, just really exciting. And if anything, I've learned over the few years is just to really enjoy it and that also the work comes first. So I'm nervous about what, you know, is the next one I'm going to do or, or something like that and stuff. So. All right. I feel but you. Right now, I've just been enjoying it for sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand. I'm, you have arsenal of, like, dope stuff, so I wouldn't be worried. Um, yeah, but this year, we've been focusing on hip-hop and poetry as a way to get news from a new perspective. And a lot of your album contains creative political commentary over extremely dope beats. I just want to know what is the process in putting it all together? Um, well, you know, I think, at least for me and what I would think a lot of artists are driven by is, is like, just sort of the, the landscape of the culture um, and your place in it. <clears throat> and so for me, you know, for me, art is always my way of being able to respond to issues in, in society. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in a higher educational ecosystem i'm not in um sort of you know like art i'm not in like physical activities you know art is my way of sort of channeling all this frustration and anguish and trying to get a certain kind of understanding um about what's going on and then how i can what i can do to help it um in my own unique way so you know i don't think i ever really just sat there and was like i need to do this kind of song or this kind of song or um I'll kind of listen to a beat. Like, if anyone heard the album, there's a song called Talk That Talk. Um, and I got, someone sent me that beat on November 9th or 10th, like right after Trump was elected, you know. And it was one of those things where I think the sound just really um, was the perfect setting for me to be able to air out my own frustrations and air out how I feel about the situation and, and, and not relying on social media and, and sort of those kind of outlets for me to easily be able to just air out frustration. Um, yeah. Right. It's crazy that you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite songs in the album. And I actually want oh. to hear a little more of it now. So we're going to take a quick mm -hmm. break and listen to the song Talk That Talk by G. Yamazawa. He's our guest on the WUNC Youth Podcast. 
I'ma keep riding, I'ma keep shining, I'ma be honest. Wala, Safa, Almighty Allah, and Siddhartha. My God, look what happened when the mall cop wanna throw a bullet, but he really let the ball drop. Where your man's at? Where the good at? Where the clan at? Where the hood at? Is the burning cross the sermon fault? They blame black bodies, the furnace cough. <laughs> Y'all just wanna talk that talk, that's privilege. You ain't never offset Auschwitz, did ya? You ain't know they That's Talk, talk That Talk by G. Yamazawa. I love this song because you somewhat personify America and then start calling out the flaws. But if you don't mind, could you go a little bit more in depth and just describe what exactly you were trying to communicate with that song? So the hook is, you know, why you talk that talk on boy, you don't walk that walk. Like I, I, I think what um, the heart of that song is coming from is from me transitioning from poetry into hip hop. It's kind of a basis, right? So it's like I'm used to like it's the it's the age old debate about whether art is for you and or art is for the world, um, or if it's for social justice and what is the balance of that. And, you know, most of my music I'd say most of the time is really directed towards myself. Um, if there's questions or flaws or things, you know, it's oftentimes a conversation I'm having with myself. So for me, it's sort of like, why do you, what makes you feel like you can talk about these issues, these political issues when you're not, if, if I'm not really doing anything about it, um, like, or like, what can I possibly do about it? And then I think a lot of young people right now are dealing with that frustration, like with all of these things that are really messed up right now, you know, like a lot of young people are sort of asking themselves very deeply, like, what, what can I possibly do? Um, and so, you know, I think the frustrations are there. And then to, to, as the song develops, um, you know, I think it, it it's wanting me, it's, I wanted to take a stand and sort of, you know, may, may, this may or may not help. I'm not sure. But all I know is that if this is the way that I interact with the world, and this is through music and through writing and performance, then I absolutely have to say something, whether um, someone believes that um, it's actually changing something or it isn't. Right. I feel that. And, you know, I really get how hip hop is an avenue to express yourself and everything that you're feeling. But do you think it could also be a form of news? Uh, in a way, like what's interesting is like I feel that now news has really broadened itself uh, into different forms. And, you know, one of the main forms for like my generation and younger is of course, social media. And then, you know, not only do you get news, news clips, but you also get a personalized reaction to it. Um, and so if, if one incident happens politically and I hear one friend speak about it in this manner, and I hear another friend give me a different kind of perspective, then you have more things to sort of work with and to, to discuss. Um, and so I think that, at this point, maybe some folks, if anyone, you know, has has the, the time and, and investment into wanting to get to number 10 or 9 or whatever on my album and is interested to see what, what you know, my, me as a, as a Japanese-American cat who's into hip-hop and poetry out of North Carolina is like what kind of unique perspective that they're interested in hearing me talk about, then I think maybe that could be a, a form of, of um, just a different perspective that may or may not be seen on social media um, and that, you know, I think music has a really unique way of sinking into people's lives um, 
like really mantra style, you know, and it not being just news that you hear about and it being more of an emotional attachment to it. Um, and that's something that people can, I would, I would hope that it would, it can become somewhat of a, a theme and a sound in their life that will remind them of this phase and this time of this, of this, um, of, of our life. Mm. Yeah. So what kind of social issues do you think are best addressed through hip hop? I mean, that's the thing is I think hip hop is, I think hip hop loses its power when you sort of compartmentalize it like that. Um, not saying that that's what you're doing, but what I'm saying is like, um, you know, hip hop is, man, it's such a thick, um, dialogue, but I think it's for any, anybody and everything. And the way art is so interpretive, you can interpret it in many different ways. Somebody could be trying to do something really positive and someone takes it very negatively. Someone could be doing something very negatively and it, and it actually is, becomes a positive function in someone's life. Um, you know, I just came back from Brave New Voices, which is a huge, uh, for folks who don't know, is a huge youth poetry international festival. Um, and one of the most memorable poems of the of the week was this poem from Baton Rouge team. And they had a poem. It was like a praise poem for Soldier Boy. <laughs> like, you know, they were calling him their, hum, their humble prince. And, you know, just really, really uh, praising him for what he's done for, like, Southern Black youth. Um, and and having a voice in and of itself, how that sort of a political stance, um, whether people feel that it's it's negative or it's not, it's, he's speaking to his own generation, and he's, um, you know, there 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 are like you know, there's a oneness in everything, and so I really try to just find the oneness in 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 it all, um, and try my best to not like compartmentalize issues <clears throat> and sounds and what can go in with what or, or if that makes sense we may have strayed away from the question a little bit i apologize no no i think you um, but. fell in line with the question very nicely because mm-hmm. you know it's not like a category that you can just you know outline a specific rubric to you know what i'm saying and um, right. i think that your album kind of encompasses every aspect especially with your japanese american influence and then the influence of hip-hop on you and how it's kind of developed you as a writer and as a rapper, I think that's really, really dope. Um, Speaking of which, I wanted to know, on some of the songs in the album, you give a shout-out to the influence of Black culture, and I just wanted to know why you thought it was important. Well, you know, hip-hop is Black culture. Hip-hop is Black music, and um, it derives from the lineage of of Black struggle and Black politics um, and Black resilience. And I think that um, as much as it is black, of course, it also is American. Like, I think that's one thing that that is important for me to connect for folks who are who are not black or don't identify as black is that it's ultimately is the story of America. And it's 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 at every level Um, and that, you know, there's and I've done this earlier before this project as well. Um, and these are, these are, this is a topic that has resurfaces and will continue to resurface throughout my entire life. Um, and, um, it'll kind of just always be a natural thread of who I am and, and, and what, why I feel that, um, why I feel welcomed into this art form and how that 
love and that kind of understanding of America through that through a black perspective has allowed me to really, I think, actualize myself and has given me a space to be able to understand about my own culture and my own background um, and to be able to share that um, and advocate for that just as much as well. Um, and it all being a part of a, <clears throat> an, inclu an inclusive sort of vision for how we see, you know, society really evolving. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Sometimes I, sometimes I like put in, you know, not big words, but like, I try to sound deep. I don't know if it's that deep. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Sorry. No, but. no, that was dope. I don't think <laughs> you didn't really use big words. It was like, oh, you know, kosher. Um, okay. One of our youth reporters had a question about how uh, Blacks' cultures influence in helping you self-actualize and really relate back to your culture. Um, could you just go more in depth with that? And then also, could you get closer to the mic a little bit? Because we're kind of losing you. Uh, I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, the first question, I would say, as for someone with, like, with for my story, being somebody that felt like I didn't belong anywhere, um, just naturally, um, black folks sort of allowed me to, to welcome me into their homes and their space and their community and their circle of friends. Um, and that in and of itself um, is, a, is like a sense of survival. It's a sense of um, people, you know, that kind of natural human to human interaction and, and building and bonding um, is a natural, it's like a, it's a deep thread of my life. Um, and that's how I was able to, you know, feel like I, I am American actually. And so hip hop is hip hop and I'd say sports too. And the com camaraderie that came with sports and American team sports is like the things that made me feel like I was important and the things that made me feel like I was valuable and celebrated how different I was and celebrated that I was able to, um, you know, in essence, assimilate to American culture through hip hop and not through other mainstream ways because hip hop as big and as mainstream as it, as it seems, it still is a counter narrative. You know, it still is an undercurrent to, to what you see on the news, to what people see globally on the news, to what people see globally through our movies and through our, you know, y'all know the story. It's sort of, it's everything is very whitewashed and everything is made to seem like it's this one thing. And hip hop provides um, a different perspective. And in hip hop is where I felt most comfortable being able to share, you know, Another counter narrative to that, which is the immigrant narrative, which is another, uh, you know, more minority narrative. And so, um, yeah, hip hop is just, and it's kind of just always been a part of my life and the way that I express myself through fashion and through language and diction and through um, just, you know, the, the whole way you view the world um, through a four count, you know, bar. G. Yamazawa is a hip hop artist and performance poet. His album Shouts Out to Derm is available on iTunes and most places people download music. G, thank you for your time. I'm the best, the effect, and the cause. I'm the law. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. I'm the safe, the seller, and the vault. 
I'm the best, the effect, and the cause, I'm the lie. I'm the truth, man, looking real false whenever I hit the booth. One thing that G writes about a lot is his identity as a Japanese-American. Last summer, our youth reporter Gayatri Raghavendra produced this story about growing up in the thriving Indian community in Kerry. I'm Gayatri. I'm 17, and two weeks ago, I got a summer haircut. Yeah, I know, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's been five years since I've gotten a real haircut. You see, to me and my dad, these 18 inches mean a lot more than just cosmetic change. So if I want my kids to look beautiful, to, to look uh, traditional, divine, Indian, whatever, just uh, long hair kind of goes with it. Cutting my hair means shedding a part of my Indian identity and replacing with something more distinctly American. I'm a second-generation Indian-American teenager. My parents immigrated to North Carolina before I was born, and I grew up here. Living between two cultures is kind of like a roller coaster. When I was a kid, I'll be honest, I wish that I were white. I couldn't stand the thought of being Indian because I just wanted to fit in. But my parents made a deliberate attempt to keep my sister and me connected to our Indian heritage. We learned Carnatic music, a traditional form of music from South India. That's me playing veena, an ancient Indian instrument. I still go to class every week and learn veena from my guru of nearly 10 years. It's ironic, because when it comes to ancient Indian culture, I seem to know more than my parents. Even though I didn't learn traditional music, you guys learned traditional music, and I think uh, that enriched your lives, and it certainly enriched mine. I'm into Vina. I play, I practice, but at school when I'm around my friends, I play it down. I'm self-conscious about being too Indian. One of my biggest fears is for people to think I'm a fob. So, what's a fob? I asked my friends Youngman Shin, Tia Valakuri, and my sister Brenda. A fob is someone who is like, fresh off the boat from some Asian country. They don't assimilate into the community. They've stayed hinged to their like previous values. You could just tell that someone is fob just by looking at them. On the other hand, I can go too far and try to assimilate. And that's bad too. Then I'd be a coconut. Here's my cousin Keshav Shreether and my sister. They say a coconut is someone who's brown on the outside and then white on the inside. Brown people who try to act like white people because they don't want to be Indians. So they like refuse to accept that they're Indian and so basically they over assimilate. My friends and I constantly walk this line between being a fob and a coconut. This makes life complicated sometimes. My family and I go to the Hindu temple every week. But my sister and I never wear casual Indian clothes in public. Right now, we're on our way back home from the temple, and we're still wearing our kurtas and churidars. We need to stop by the grocery store, but my sister Brenda refuses to go inside. Daddy, everyone's gonna look at me weird. I don't no. want to. I love to play Vina at talent shows, but I never bring Indian food to school. My friend Tia Valakuri doesn't either. It was to the point where, like, if my mom packed something, I would just, like throw it away so she thought I ate it but I didn't eat it and so like I would just not eat lunch because I was so worried that other people would like be like what what's that (laughs) he and I feel like we're in limbo between two worlds that will never fully understand each other that worries my dad as you try to assimilate uh, whatever was your Indian culture you lose say 25 50 percent and in your next generation they're going to lose more of that I'm glad to claim two cultures as mine, but 
I'm never going to fit neatly into either one. I'm starting to accept that. For WUNC Youth Reporting Institute, I'm Guy through Raghavendra. This is Kamaya Truett-Martin with the WUNC Youth Podcast. We just heard from G. Yamazawa, and three of our youth reporters join us in the studio today. We have Catherine Gann, Anthony Howard, and Emmanuel Tobe. How are y'all feeling today? Doing good. Great. How are you? What's up? I'm doing good. So you guys just heard it. How are y'all feeling about his interview? We could start off with you, Catherine. Uh, I thought it was really good. I think especially the second part we listened to where he was like, he was like, talking about how he became a rapper but also giving like credence where it was due i think like talking about the black community and how they accepted him and how that's where he found his roots in hip-hop and i think that was really cool for him to have that self-awareness and be able to understand that uh you know hip-hop is not something that just like came out of nowhere it's something that it can be attributed to a community and the community that ushered him in anthony um, I thought it was very insightful to see somebody who wasn't um, black uh, kind of speak on black issues and things like that. Not in a way where he's kind of um, bashing it or, um, I don't know, being ignorant with it, but almost promoting it and saying that, oh, I really respect black people and what they have done for me in my life. And I really want to share the culture and um, be a part of it myself in a positive way. So I really enjoyed it. And I thought him being Japanese American and still trying to take part in black culture in a positive way and in a productive um, way like music, I thought that was really cool to see. And I'm here. I thought it was just really cool listening to him. Um, And I kind of shared some of his like similar feelings where he was talking about like young people and their frustration. Uh, especially with their voice not being heard. So I could really kind of understand what he was saying. And I just equate to that because I feel like a lot of young people, a lot of our voices aren't really being heard. He talks about um, using a culture different from your own to find, you know, your place in a foreign situation. And that it could almost be, could almost be cultural appropriation, but he does it in a way where he gives, you know, props back to the culture that kind of shaped him. I want to know how y'all feel about that. Well, I think that's really good because sometimes people like to pick and choose certain parts of culture that they think are exotic or cool, but they don't understand the entire picture. Like, I remember, I think Urban Outfitters or some company was trying to sell ethnic headwear, which was what their word for what a hijab was and I was like what are you doing like or you know people like the redskins things like that like trying to take certain parts of someone's culture and then misusing that but I think related to my own story there's a quote from Hannah's mom talking about how U.S. culture is more open right kids are more encouraged to express themselves and so if Hannah's living here she wants Hannah to be like that so in that sense I think if you're borrowing pieces of culture that are positive things like communication skills that's good but when you're doing things like oh, look at me, I'm wearing a traditional Native American headwear. Like, that's not okay. And I think there needs to be a difference between what is good to borrow from someone's culture and what is not necessarily appropriate. Yeah, right. and um, I think that it becomes cultural appropriation when you start trying to capitalize on it almost because there's one. it's one thing to try and um, invite people into your culture and into your community and share, like, your lifestyles with them and allow them to kind of uh 
reciprocate like replicate that themselves but when they go off and they use it and they turn it into something that it's not or they try to um, create things out of your culture then it becomes cultural appropriation and those communities start to feel bad because it's like we get so much mess for this stuff like a lot of times with hair like white people will tend to braid their hair they'll do the box braids they'll do that whatever but then black women then in society and in media are told you should straighten your hair you have to grease your edges you have to like everything like that make sure your hair is pressed like we don't want to see that nappy curly mess and so it's like it's crazy to see that and that that's the side that of it that i don't like is that you can have women that don't aren't in the culture or aren't in your community do these things but then when you do it and you are part of your culture uh especially black people it's like so much mess about it but um yeah so i think as long as we are inviting people uh to come into different cultures in a positive way i think that's really important and that's cool because that shows that people actually do care and then that leads into um like just more acceptance and unifying because instead of just shunning them away and that will lead to um you know them st stealing it and taking it you're ex inviting them and that leads to, into acceptance and unification and things like that i definitely agree with what both anthony and Catherine said and it's to me it goes back to the topic of like culture appropriation versus culture appreciation and i think g yamazawa definitely falls under the line of you know culture appreciation where he really gives credit to black culture and he really respects and he you know really shows his appreciation for the culture and for what it's done for him and um i just feel like a lot of times there is that cultural appropriation where people aren't really giving respect as well as credit to the ones who came like before them the ones who had to work and um just like Catherine said picking and choosing different parts of the culture that they want to be a part of without really understanding what those pieces, what those different things really mean and symbol in that culture. All right, well, thank y'all for coming on the show today. That was really dope, and I'm glad that y'all enjoyed um, G's interview. This has been Catherine Gann, Anthony Howard, and Emmanuel Tobe. Have a great day, guys. Okay, thank you. You thank too. You. My name is Kamaya Truett-Martin, and this is the WUNC Youth Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>